Before we hop into today's episode of the podcast, I want to tell you guys about someone I've been partnering with over the past few months. The name of the company is 2 Before, and if you guys are looking to take your training to the next level, 2 Before is the right product for you. 2 Before is blackcurrant powder, and blackcurrants are antioxidant berries grown in New Zealand. Studies have shown that consuming them regularly improves endurance by increasing blood flow and removing lactic acid. It's used by professional running team 10 Man Elite, as well as teams in the NFL, NBA, and the NCAA. There was one study that showed that using two before consistently can improve your athletic performance by 4.6%. And so as I look to close out this fall on a high note with my training, as well as get in some really quality training this winter, two before is going to become a staple pre-run, pre-workout. I absolutely love this stuff. I've worked with two before for a long time. For this reason, it's become a staple in my daily training and life routine. Because of that, you guys can get 30% off at two before with code the running effect 30. Not only does this get you guys 30% off, but also free shipping. And I've left a link in the show notes. Again, highly recommend this product. And I definitely recommend at least trying it out once and seeing if it works for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Running Effect Podcast with Dominic Schleter. I'm your host, Dominic, and the reason I say another is because we release a new episode every other day, sometimes more than that, and the majority of you guys listening have not given us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, so whichever platform you're listening on right now, please take the five to ten seconds it takes to hit the five-star review button and also hit the follow button so you can stay up to date when we release new episodes. Today on the podcast, I am joined by Zach Kreft. Zach is a certified Ohio legend, someone I looked up to a lot growing up in the state of Ohio as a runner. Zach is fresh off of a win at the distance of the marathon, which he debuted in. He won the 2023 Columbus Marathon in a time of 218.05. And all the more impressive, he did that while training through his full-time job. Zach holds PRs of 403 in the mile, 759 in the 3K. 1351 in the 5K, 2915 in the 10K, and then that 218.05 in the marathon that I just mentioned. In high school, Zach set the Ohio high school 5K record with a time of 1429. Zach won two state championships in the track, two regional titles, four district championships, and was a 12-time conference champion. Zach then went on to Notre Dame, where he was part of the Notre Dame squad that won an ACC championship. Zach transferred after his years at Notre Dame to finish his career and collegiate eligibility at Walsh where he was a four-time All-American. Today's conversation was super enjoyable. Zach goes through his training while having a full-time job, which I thought was super interesting, winning the Columbus Marathon, his years at Notre Dame and Walsh, and a deep dive into his years of domination in the great state of Ohio. So without further ado, I hope you all enjoy my conversation with the man, the myth, the legend, Zach Kreft. Zach Kreft, welcome to the Running Effect Podcast. How are you doing this afternoon? Hey, I'm doing well, Dom. Appreciate you having me. I'm very, very curious. Can you take me through a day in your life? What does a normal day in your life look like with work, with running, <laughs> balancing it all? Yeah, no, definitely. So, I mean, yeah, typical uh, working eight to five uh, job um, here in uh, Delaware, Ohio. Uh, so that's kind of like kind of that's that's the base of my day. Um, in the summertime, I, w- I would get up and run before uh before work but now it's getting a little cold and a little dark so i guess even after work it's getting dark so um but yeah typical day just work run a little bit of rest and and repeat so nothing 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 too crazy going on over here 
Do you miss the college days now that you're, you know, a full-time job, you got a full-time job, eight to five, as you mentioned, do you miss the college days and the flexibility and the freedom of essentially running whenever you wanted to? Of course you had classes, but you know, the practice schedule is pretty loose. No, definitely. Yeah. That flexibility was pretty nice. Um, especially seeing the team, you know, it was always great to see the, see the guy, see coach and everything like that. So that flexibility of kind of scheduling your day around the classes and running was, that was pretty nice. Um, and that aspect, I do miss that. Um, I, I do enjoy, uh, uh, getting paid now though. So that is, that's pretty <laughs> nice uh, with, with the job and everything. But, uh, yeah, in terms of the flexibility, that was pretty nice. Um, now I'm either kind of either running when it's dark in the morning or running at night. Uh, and as we know, in, in, in at least the Midwest, it gets, it gets dark pretty early now with daylight savings switching. So, yeah, that flexibility was pretty nice, and I definitely do miss it. But you know, overall, it's not too bad. Still, still getting the runs in, so can't can't complain. Can you go into like, are you running by yourself after work? Are you running with Hunter? Can you maybe this might be a good point to bring up yeah. Blue Collar Track Club, take us through the creation of that. Like, what are these runs look like most days? Yeah, definitely. Well, during during the work week, so yeah, you mentioned Hunter, Hunter Moore. Um, we're we're pretty good buddies. We we run quite a bit together. But yeah, during the week, it's it's more kind of getting out there solo running, um, just because of. Uh, I guess location where we're at we live about 20 minutes from each other so just to save some time normally normally running by by ourselves but yeah on the weekends we would we would meet up for runs um getting getting some long runs in together getting the workouts in together so yeah most of the easy running just kind of running alone and stuff like that but uh but on the weekends meeting up with people and and having a good time doing doing long runs workouts and all that fun stuff so not alone for the for the whole thing but majority of it yeah just running running by myself but can't complain the creation of Blue Collar Track Club. Take me through this. Yeah, so Blue Collar Track Club, that was something, you know, Hunter and I have kind of been in the back of our mind uh, for, for at least a little over a year now. We were kind of talking about it when we were teammates at uh, Walsh University. Um, more so because we knew we kind of wanted to keep running after college. You know, we, we love the sport. We love the camaraderie and how it brings people together. So um, we, we thought, you know, why not come together and create a team of uh, – former college athletes that still want to run, um, run competitively. Uh, so yeah, we, we came up with the idea of blue collar track club. Um, just the name came, the, the name came about pretty much just because, you know, we're all working full-time jobs, whatever industry or whatever field that may be. But, um, you know, it's a lot of hard work and dedication to try to still run at a, at least a pretty competitive level, um, working the 40 hour week. So, yeah, that's kind of where Blue Collar Track Club originated, originated from. Um, now it's, you know, we're, we're only, we got about six or seven guys um, looking to expand it a little bit as well. Um, but, yeah, just just really wanted to kind of still have a team aspect outside of um, outside of college. And that's kind of how we how we came about with the, the track club. So it's been going pretty well right now. So it's, it's been fun um, still looking at potential races to run in the future. But for right now, it's 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 a pretty good group of guys. So, yeah, we enjoy it. You mentioned doing a lot of these runs solo. So two questions for you off of that. One, do you structure your training in a way that you have more quality long runs and workouts on the weekends when you have some more time to recover, do it with other guys, as well as on these solo runs? Are you solo with your thoughts? Are you listening to music, podcasts? What does that look like? No, definitely. I'll start out with the uh, the solo runs. It's funny you say that because your podcast actually got me through a lot of mornings um, throughout the week. So I would, yeah, I would structure my my easier uh, runs normally ten to ten to twelve miles uh, during the week before or after work, and 
yeah, some days, I mean, it depends. Some days I would get in my thoughts, just, just thinking, going out there and running. Other days, I, I pulled your podcast and pick one, and that would get me through the run or, yeah, listen to some music. Um, that, that would kind of get me through the week. And then on the weekends, yeah, I structure those those workouts, those long runs when I had a little bit more time to to really, uh, I guess, to put, to put towards running on those days. Um, and then that's that same with recovery. So everything was kind of planned around the the 40-hour work week. But um, actually for the marathon training, it, it, it went pretty well with working out once a week and then kind of easy running, getting the mileage throughout the week. So, yeah, for I'd say for the marathon training, the schedule worked out pretty well. In relation to music and listening to music on runs, Zach, when can someone start listening to Christmas music? Christmas music? So I'm a big, you know, you got to get through Halloween, definitely through Halloween, got to get through Thanksgiving. And then, you know, if it's the day after Thanksgiving, you can start blasting it. So um, I'm a pretty big, give me Christmas in December or right after Thanksgiving, and then then I'll start hearing it. If you start playing it now, for me, it just gets a little old too close to the holidays so i can't i can't do it then but i don't know that, that that's that's just my valid thing, valid valid yeah. i'm of the opinion yeah i'm a little i'm a little crazy with my beliefs around christmas music i yeah. there there are times when like legitimately i've listened to it in like august or july i don't know i think the weather dictates a lot of it specifically in ohio when i was back in ohio and it would snow in like september and it's like oh this just yeah. reminds me of christmas gonna throw some on but i agree with you if you listen to it every day consistently starting in november by mid-December, you're so burnt out, like so burnt out. Oh, definitely. So, yeah. I get and that. You want to keep it for that December 25th, the week before, two weeks before. Perfect time. Right, but right. Yeah, other than that, it gets a little gets a little old for, for me. For sure, but, for sure. Yeah. So you have this eight to five job. That kind of reminds me of the high school structure of like eight to three, roughly. And yeah. something I remember in high school was during classes, all I would be thinking about is the run uh, at practice after classes were done or the workout. And I'd be thinking through splits not being not paying attention during algebra whatever it might be uh for you is that a similar thing in your full-time job now slash if it is how do you kind of try to balance the thoughts where you are still being productive at your work and not burning yourself out mentally thinking about running too much no definitely yeah especially as a marathon the Columbus marathon got closer it was definitely on my mind a little bit more especially when we were kind of planning for workouts but I kind of like to um you know focus on my task at hand and, and if so if I'm for example, working in my job or working on a task here at work, I kind of, you know, have those thoughts about about running in the back of my mind, but kind of put it in a jar, put it on the shelf, and then we'll worry about it when that time comes. Um, just kind of, just so I can focus on on my job and, and get my work done to, you know, keep the keep the boss happy and uh, get get my tasks done, my responsibilities. So, yeah, no, definitely, um, especially as for for workouts or when the race was coming up, definitely had to had to really kind of put it in a jar for a second and worry about it when the time comes. So I feel like I've been pretty good about that, just kind of focusing on the task at hand and then get what I need, need to get done first and then worry about what I have to get done later at a, at a different time. But yeah, a little bit of adjustment, um, especially, you know, working working full-time now, but honestly hasn't hasn't been too bad. So can't complain. I think growing up throughout your years, you were always in environments where running was a very heavy focus and now in your full-time job, Correct me if I'm wrong, you might have like yeah. a bunch of crazy runners uh, who work there, but I would assume that a lot of people don't run and don't quite frankly really care about running. Is that actually nice to have a place that you can detach from the sport and have conversations that aren't related to running and what Kipchoge ran last night or whatever it might be? Yeah, no, no, definitely. It is kind of nice to, you know, I mean, I love the sport and love being around it, but there's other aspects of our of our lives that we like to, to get into as well. And I think, yeah, coming 
coming to work and not, you know, being running all the time is kind of nice. Um, kind of, you know, in high school and college, it's such a big part of our lives and you really, um, sometimes it's the highest priority. Um, and you, you think about it a lot, you're around it a lot. So it's kind of nice in this aspect where I can focus on other things and I can think about other things and it doesn't have to be running all the time. And I'm really just having fun with the sport, you know, in my, in my free time. Uh, so that's kind of, that's the big thing. And, you know, w when I was training for Columbus, you know, I was, I was putting running above other things, but now that Columbus is over, just kind of um, enjoying other aspects of, of life as well. So yeah, it's not, it's not running hundred percent all the time, but uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of like that though. It gets, gives you a little break and you can explore other, other avenues that you enjoy. So definitely. We can get into the Columbus marathon in a little bit, but I'm curious post marathon, which is where you're at today. What did that process look like? How many weeks did you take off and, and where's your running at currently? No, definitely. Yeah. So I was, I took about a week and a half off of Columbus, um, just because the legs needed it, uh, first marathon. And I, I knew they were painful, but I didn't know just how painful, uh, they would be. Um, so yeah, I was, I took about a week and a half off and then slowly started building my way back up, um, in hopes of potentially running another, uh, marathon to get the qualifier. Um, I had my eyes set on, uh, the California sim, um, in de December 3rd, but unfortunately I think with the timing of everything, getting into the race, um, with it being sold out, isn't looking great. So, um, so yeah, for a while I took that week and a half off, started building back up in hopes of running another marathon here soon, but the way it's looking, I don't think I'll be able to get in, in into the elite or seated section. So um, right now, just kind of still still running, but really taking taking the past few days pretty pretty light, just uh, with with nothing really on the radar at the moment. So it's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Do you enjoy those blocks of training where you don't have a race and you can kind of turn off your brain and you know not worry too much if you went eight miles or twelve miles? Like doesn't really matter. Or do you look forward to and kind of desire the periods where it's like heavy, intense, meticulous training? No, that, yeah, definitely. I think I think I enjoy both, and it really depends on where I'm at in the training cycle. Um, obviously, for after after graduating from Walsh and kind of building up for the marathon, it's been pretty strict uh, training training cycle. Just getting everything in, getting the mileage, getting the workouts, getting the long runs, and I kind of enjoy the grind of it. I really enjoy kind of getting after it every day um, and working towards that that bigger goal. Uh, now that you know, that, that race is, it's, it's done. It's behind us. I'm kind of enjoying that, that downtime right now. Just kind of letting the body relax a little bit and not really, I guess, stressing the, the uh, importance of getting out every single day, getting all the mileage and kind of letting the body and the mind like rest from the sport a little bit. So yeah, definitely, definitely enjoying that as well. So yeah, it kind of depends on, on where I'm at in my training cycle right now. Some rest isn't too bad, so I'm not complaining about it. Let's go way back in time to young Zach. Take me through his oh, yeah. start in the sport of running. <laughs> okay, yeah, young young Zach. So I started, so I was actually pretty big into baseball back in the day. Um, and I would say that was probably my first true love uh, of sports. Um, center Played center field, you know, really enjoyed that. And um, I didn't really have a sport to, to play in the fall. So kind of, it was in seventh grade. I saw cross country was having some signups. So me and my buddy, uh, we both signed up for it. We're like, hey, we'll, we'll why don't we try it out just in, in uh, more in hopes of getting in shape for baseball or bet in better shape. So yeah, I signed up for cross country that, that fall of seventh grade year and um, actually turned out to be kind of decent at it. So I'm like, oh, it's kind of fun, you know, doing well with it. Um, and then came back the next year, ran, ran into eighth grade, but I didn't really like track that much. And I was kind of going into high school with the mindset of, 
I'm going to focus on baseball in the spring. I'll run cross country in the fall. Um, so that's, that was kind of what I came in thinking I would do. Um, I ran cross country that fall of my ninth grade year and um, it went pretty well, better than I thought it would. And my cross country coach, who was also the, the track and field coach, uh, Nate Ritz, he, um, he kind of talked me into running, running track as well. He's like, well, if you want to be good in cross and it's going pretty well, you might have to quit baseball. So that's kind of how I got into it. Then that spring, I did what he did. What he uh, we talked about, quit baseball, ran track, and and the rest is history. So it's it's kind of funny how it works out. It wasn't really, I guess, that into into track at the moment. But now, I mean, obviously, been been doing it for so long. I I'm glad I made that decision. I feel like running really brings it close with a lot of different people. So, um, and, and you can have some great experiences with it. So yeah, I don't regret it at all. You mentioned those experiences, particularly freshman year. Was there a point in high school that you went from merely participating in the sport to then being like, oh, I'm really serious. I want to win a state title. I want to make national meets. Like, what was that flipping switch point for you? Yeah, I always had a, I had a good group of guys um, that I always ran with in high school. They were the same classes as I was. And I feel like even in that freshman year of high school, even in middle school, we always kind of wanted to, I guess – be the best that we could do the best that we could but we didn't really know at the time I didn't really know the sport that well so um you know I, I wanted to do well like I wanted to do really well in cross country but I also wanted to play baseball as well so it was really just kind of learning about the sport that really freshman going into sophomore year that um starting to learn you know some getting the mileage up being consistent um you know running year round that type of thing would would get me better so yeah I would say Freshman to sophomore year, really emphasis on the sophomore year. I started, once I started actually knowing how to be better in the sport, that's kind of when I had my eyes set on, okay, maybe I could win a win a state title. Um, ended up doing that my junior year. Um, so, yeah, just kind of once I started learning about how I could get better in the sport, then created a game plan off of that and kind of like, hey, I, could, I can do some pretty cool things. So that's... I would say sophomore year. Yeah. Sorry for the long-winded answer. No, no, no. It's good. When you started getting more invested in the sport, were there people you looked up to within the state of Ohio that inspired you and you were like, oh, I want to get to that level or I want to go to that school because of that person? Because for me, and I think I texted you this a little bit, but like when I was in eighth grade, maybe I'm forgetting exactly how much older you are than me, but for sure, like towards the end of my middle school career, um, I remember hearing your name and Dustin's name and just like the, the competitive rivalry between you two and like how fast are they going to run this weekend? And that's when I was like, oh, Ohio cross country is actually really cool, you know, and I want to get to that level one day. So who is your version of Zach Kraft? No, yeah, no, it was uh, Andrew Jordan, uh, Watkins Memorial. He was kind of the guy to the guy to beat in Ohio, and it felt like nobody ever beat him. He was he was untouchable, it seemed like. And he's, he's two years older than me. I graduated in 2018. Uh, he graduated in 2016. And um, I remember my sophomore year just seeing him run at the state meets and just seeing him, following him throughout the whole season. It's like definitely a guy that I looked up to. And I think a lot of guys in Ohio for that time uh, did as well. He kind of – Maybe I'm a little biased, but I feel like he paved the way for Ohio distance running. I think Ohio is a pretty stacked state. A lot of a lot of really, really good runners, and continuing to have a lot of really good runners come out of Ohio. And I feel like his class just kind of set that tone uh, pretty high. And it was just yeah, he was a guy I always looked up to. And in the back of my mind, it's like man, I kind of want to. Obviously, you want to you want to you're competitive with everybody. You want to beat him, but that was just one of those guys. Like man, he just he he felt untouchable. And looking up to that, kind of wanted to be like that my senior year. 
Um, but we had a lot of really good guys. Like you said, Dustin Horder was in that class. Uh, Chad Johnson, another really good guy, and the list can go on and on. Um, just, yeah, I, I, Andrew Jordan for sure was my the guy I looked up to in high school. Take me through that first state title junior year. What did that mean to you? Oh, yeah, that, 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 that title was probably one of my most, uh, especially for the time in high school, one of my more memorable races. Um, you know, coming into the season, I – I kind of had the goal for it, like, you know, want to win that state title, um, had a lot of good competition and didn't really know if I would be able to pull it off. Um, but, you know, it's funny enough, the year before I actually got dead last at states in cross country. Um, I, uh, I had some I had bronchitis uh, leading up to the race. And long story short, it kind of took me out um, in about two and a half miles. I was I hit a wall and I was pretty much crawling to the crawling to the line. So, you know, in my mind, that whole next year from my sophomore, to my junior year going from last and then ended up getting and ended up getting first. It, it kind of it meant that much more to me just because, you know, if you looked at the results the year before, it's like, man, where where's his name at? You get to fall <laughs> at the bottom. So, you know, seeing seeing where I could come in that year was was pretty special. Um, and then you know thinking about it, working towards that goal, and and finally being able to reach it was it was it was pretty cool. So yeah, winning winning that that first state title was was pretty was pretty awesome and something I'll definitely. Uh, remember for the the rest of my life i mean i, I was, it was it was pretty cool crossing that line at first and just knowing all the all the hard work had paid off i'm assuming you're the first athlete then ever to go from last place at the state meet to the next year first do you know that you know that's a good point and i i probably should know that or should have looked it up um you know i would assume so unless yeah i just some can't imagine crazy yeah. <laughs> statistic out there i can't imagine that someone else went from I mean, literally dead last. It was by like a minute and a half. I, I should have, I should have walked off the course. My coach was telling me to, and I was just like, I'm not gonna walk off. I'm gonna get to the line. And um, it was, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty tough, tough race my sophomore year. But yeah, I, I would say, I would say so, just by guessing. But I, I don't know that for sure. Of course, you had bronchitis, and and there were other factors leading into your performance. So I'm sure mm -hmm. the blow was less versus if you were completely healthy and just happened to bomb and get last place. But with that being said, Definitely. did it sting at all, and did that motivate you going into the next year? Like, were you embarrassed? What were the feelings and emotions crossing the finish line, last place? I mean, people are no, probably yeah, done clapping, <laughs> they're, or they're like, "Oh, this kid, like, where's yeah. he coming from?" Yeah, no, definitely. It was it was definitely a pretty hard. Uh, I guess yeah, a lot of a lot of feelings. I guess when I crossed that line, I was um, I was hurting pretty bad, of course, physically, but then mentally. Once I realized it was like, oh man, not only did I get last, but it was by quite a bit. And <laughs> you know, I got I got the pity clap. So I mean, at least you know people were still sticking around for that. But um, yeah, no, it was pretty tough. Definitely used it as motivation. I ended up actually printing those results out and uh, hanging them on my door, in my room uh, when I was in high school, just just to, as a reminder, like man, I'm better than that. Like we can, we can work towards something else. So yeah, that it was definitely a big motivation going in into that next year of uh, into in track and then into cross as well. So yeah, although it, it stung in the moment and then, you know, you go back to school the next Monday, everyone's asking you how to go, how to go. And then you're telling everybody, well, not great. So yeah, no, definitely use it as motivation. I look back at it and, and laugh about it now, but at the, in, in the moment it was, it was pretty tough, but um, just to come full circle and get the title the next year was just made it that much more special. So I can't, yeah. Yeah. Well, not, not, not mad about it now. So yeah. yeah. What would you say to a listener, maybe particularly a younger one, just given the context of that story on how to transform your career in one year? Do you think it's possible? I mean, you're kind of a testimony to that. I also think yeah. physiologically in high school, it's pretty easy to get better every year. So what would you say yeah. to someone 
how to maybe go from last place at their state meet to first place or, or something oh, yeah. like that. No, definitely. I mean, I would, I would definitely say any, anything is, is possible if you put the work in and you truly believe in yourself. And, um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I just kind of use that as motivation to, to keep working hard for the next year. But yeah, if you have a goal you're trying to hit and it might sound crazy or, you know, it might, it might not be um, in line with what other people think of you. Um, you know, you can do whatever you really put your mind to. And I really think that that story in particular, um, with, with going last to first is, is a great example of that. If you just, you know, keep, you know, put your, put your head down work and really believe in yourself. I think you can, you can make big jumps, especially in high school too, is, I mean, with the, with the mileage, just being consistent and just really getting after it every day. Um, you can make bigger jumps than people, people may think. What year was the race with you and Dustin where you both were like 1430 lows? I think you came up out on top yeah. on that race. What was that race? Take me through that story. And I feel like people to this day question if it was actually a 5k. So <laughs> I want to get your take on that. No, definitely. That's been a, that's been a big question in the past really few years and stuff like that. But, uh, um, yeah, that race was our, both of our senior years in, uh, 2017, uh, September of 2017, I believe. Um, yeah, the course, yeah, the course being, being short is a big, is a big topic of, of debate. I've heard, I've heard people believe both. Um, I, I do believe it was the, the, the correct length, um, just because, uh, my coach, um, at the time, uh, Nate Ritz, he actually, after we, we ran that race, um, he went back to the course that following Sunday. So the next day and he measured it three times. He said he measured it forward. He measured it backwards and he measured it forward again. Um, and he said it came out 3.1 uh, every time. So uh, that, that was pretty cool knowing that it was um, the correct length. Because not going to lie, when I crossed, I'm like, oh, that seems pretty quick. I mean, I knew we were, <laughs> we were going to run something quick, but I didn't, I didn't think it would be anything of that nature. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was a pretty fun day working with Dustin uh, to a really fast time. And, you know, he, he likes to take races out hard, so I kind of I went out with him, and we were running stride for stride pretty much that whole race. And, um it was, yeah, it was it was a, it was a pretty pretty fun day for sure, and definitely something still still look back on like that was that was we were able to do something pretty special that day. So what were the times like fourteen thirty two, fourteen thirty three, something like that? Fourteen twenty nine and fourteen thirty six, okay. I believe, for both of us. Okay, um, it was yeah, we were we were pretty close the whole way, and and that was the U.S. Yeah. number one for quite some time, wasn't it? I just remember getting a lot of buzz. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think it was for the time. Uh, I think I don't, I can't remember if it went on to get beaten by, by anybody else. At the time, it was US one and two, which was pretty cool that it, the Ohio guys got to do that together. Um, big Ohio guys, so I love seeing the Ohio boys run well. Uh, so yeah, that was that was pretty cool, going one two with him. I can't remember if it got beaten, the rest of the year or not, but for for its time, it was yeah. But you know, cross country, it's tough to tell. Right, right. You know, courses are different, weather is different. You know. So well, for the time it was even in 2023, I mean, I feel like since 2021 ish high schoolers have just run absurdly fast. Um, and yes, as you've kind of mentioned, cross country times are very hard to understand. And is it long? Is it short? What was the weather like? What was the competition like, et cetera, et cetera. But I feel like it's way more common to see kids run in the 1420s and 30s. Whereas when you did it in 2017, I feel like no one had really done it up until that point. You had anomalies every few years, but I think it would have been a lot more special in 2017 to run 1429. 
than 2023, where you'd probably get just a, a short sliver of mile split. Um, so do you have any reflections on actually running a fast time when it was cool to run that fast? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, no, it's, it's crazy how quick high schools are running nowadays. I'm like, man, if I was a high schooler, now I'd be getting smoked. It's insane. <laughs> everyone's everyone's getting really fast, which is which is awesome to see. You love to see the sport continue to to get faster at all levels. But yeah, when I was when we crossed the line, I feel like in 2017 that's when sub 15 was becoming like, ooh, that's the that's the time to run. You know, just anything under 15 was getting pretty big. You saw guys like Andrew Jordan running, and I saw in Ohio at least Arjun Jaw and Hunter Moore go sub 15. Uh, the, the year prior, and I thought that was pretty exciting. So, yeah, I mean, sub-15 was definitely the goal, um, but going that far under on an accurate course, I was definitely wasn't expecting it. But it was also – it felt like a track on grass type thing, so it, that, that definitely uh, helped us out a little bit. Weather was perfect, no wind, 60 degrees low. So it was, I, it was ideal days. But, yeah, going that far under, it was pretty special. I didn't really wrap my head around it until, you know, the next week, really. I'm like, oh, wow, we really – we did we really did that so that was it, it was it was pretty cool and definitely something you know for the time in 2017 for the time it was something that um i, I really couldn't wrap my head around for a little bit because it was like dang we really ran that so i didn't really touch anything close to that after that just uh just because you know it's very few times you get races that competitive on that on that kind of day um with that weather and with that terrain so it was definitely one of the it was a PR kind of day. So it was, I mean, it was, yeah, it was pretty special though. To my knowledge, all four years of high school for you were at the national trailway, whatever it's called for States. Yes. Since yes. then they made uh Obets, which is where I ran the state meet absolutely spoiled. I think that I'm not sure if you've <laughs> been there. It's remarkable. So two questions. What was your experience yeah. at the trailway? I know some people loved it. Some people hated it. And Obets is crazy fast. Do you think you could have run something like 1429 there? <laughs> man uh so i guess the first question did i like the trailway I, you know i did like it i didn't mind it um it was something like we never raced all year i feel like just kind of being at that kind of i guess as a drag strip or something of that nature it's kind of a cool cool experience kind of in the middle of nowhere too um but yeah i didn't mind the course um i liked how it kind of wrapped you around the fans but i've never been to the new course so i don't know i guess i don't know if the uh the stands are set up where you get get really loud like that near the. I'm sure I'm sure it is by the finish line or throughout the race. But could I run 14:29 on that course? Oh man, I don't I don't I don't know. Uh, with competition, you like to say maybe, but um, I mean that's it'd be tough to, in high school. It'd be tough to replicate that race. Um, sub 15, I'd like to say, but I you know I don't I don't know about hitting that. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be pretty impressive. I, I'll say, but we'll. I'm not sure. You gotta you gotta make a trip out there, whether it's for 2024 state meet or do a workout on our easy run. It's it's remarkable. I mean, there's probably one yeah, there's one hill on the whole course and the hill is really? not very long at all, maybe you know, fifty meters max. I mean it's it's not long. And then um you actually it's real it's cool. Like spectators aren't allowed on the course, so what they did was they made this massive grandstand like massive football grandstand and the okay. athletes pass there for mile one mile two and then for the fin or like 400 meters mile one mile two and then the finish and the grandstand's packed so you can't hear anything when you're running on it and that yeah. part of the course is turf so you actually run on turf a decent amount which is like so much faster than grass so oh yeah turnover yeah. yeah i think awesome. i think uh, you could have run in the 1420s that's just me but i mean if you look <laughs> well, at the results i think <laughs> Every year since it's been there, except last year, which was pretty bad weather, uh, has been under 15. So, 
I know William Zagarski a few years ago ran 1438, I want to say. The first year was there, so – or second year was there. Anyways, I'm going down the, the Ohio trivia yeah. right now. But. The Ohio oh, – exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so – Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, yeah, but no, I've heard great things about the course. i got to make my way down there for sure. Um, but everyone I've talked to about it who's either run it or spectating, they, they seem to love it. They say it's an upgrade from – where, where it was so. yeah well it's also yeah. cool that they made a course specifically for cross country like i know they have some yes. other events there like they utilize some of the fields but it's like you know ohsa set aside money to make it a cross country course which i feel like is pretty rare um you really only see that at the collegiate level with like what uh oklahoma state did or wisconsin does um yes. at thomas zimmerman so anyways needless to say going into your college years you ended up committing to the university of notre dame take me through that experience your years there some of the things you learned and just different experiences definitely yeah yeah so yeah out of college you know, high school went well um ended up committing to notre dame in 2018 um, so that was i had a great time at notre dame um i, I struggled a little bit running wise just getting to where i wanted to be and i think a few factors um could be said to that but uh i definitely enjoyed my time you know going from high school to to college uh was a pretty big jump just in terms of you know the mileage is mileage increased quite a bit uh workout intensity increased quite a bit school uh got a little got a little harder and required more time so when you throw everything together like that um it, it made for definitely an adjustment uh, to say the least um but yeah no i definitely enjoyed my time at uh, notre dame I was able to run some some pretty good marks, um, not not to where I fully wanted to be. I always felt like I left Notre Dame uh, not, I guess, coming into Notre Dame, I wasn't able to reach all the goals I had set out for myself um, in high school. So I left I left Notre Dame feeling a little unsatisfied in that aspect. Um, I, I just personally, I think I, I was going a little too hard in workouts per se, or maybe running a little too much mileage and focusing on, you know, I got to hit this amount of mileage. I got to stay up there in this workout and um i think that kind of led led to my my results being good but not as great as i wanted them to be um but that being said i feel like i learned a lot about myself as a as a runner at notre dame and um had some really great teammates and coaches throughout my throughout my time there that i really enjoyed so you know i i really did enjoy my time uh with the irish i just didn't really get to where i wanted to be running wise uh, at the end of my four years but was that a tough reality that you kind of had to accept where you kind of lit the world on fire in high school those last two years? You know, you were running crazy times. You made it to Foot Locker. Like, you were one of the best in the country, undoubtedly. And so I assume if I talked with that version of Zach, that senior version, you would have said, you know, one day I want to win an NCAA title. I want to, you know, help Notre Dame win a team title, do all these things that you ultimately weren't able to do. How did you kind exactly. of grapple with that reality? And what would be some advice to somebody listening who – has big goals and ambitions in the sport, but they're falling short and they're realizing that, hey, like I'm going to have to settle for a little bit less. No, definitely. Yeah. Like you said, coming into college, you, especially with a, with a, a solid high school career, you know, you want to come in and, and make a, make a name for yourself, become that all American, uh, help the team out to that podium spot. Um, and if everything falls right, you know, get that national championship. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a little bit of an adjustment. Um, coming into college and it, it really it just I think mentally too uh just finding finding yourself in the sport and, and and knowing like hey you know you were you were a big fish in in high school it's okay to be the little fish and then work your way up to becoming um that that big name again or or that, that runner you want to be um so yeah for me I just for, for the for the runners who do who do struggle a little bit like that just really kind of take a step back 
you know, and maybe not put so much pressure on yourself, um, you know, focus, focus on what can I do today to get better for tomorrow, but not really, um, you know, putting the pressure on yourself, making sure your, your, your body's recovering. And I think just having fun with the sport, you know, when you have fun with the sport, everything seems to click a little bit better. Um, and that's, and that's kind of where I found myself with that Walsh, just having a lot more fun with the sport, you know, intensity was a lot, a little bit less, you know, mileage was a little bit less, but I was enjoying it, enjoying the sport a lot more and was able to see better results there. So, I mean, yeah, big, big thing, just find, find your purpose with the sport, find, you know, what, what keeps you, what keeps you going, what keeps you happy within the sport. And that, that really, I guess, helped me get out of my, my little funk uh, or my little uh, slump, I guess, at, at Notre Dame. You kind of mentioned you didn't achieve all the things you set out to do. So I'm curious, flipping the perspective on its head, you didn't, you know, win the titles or whatever it might be around the times you wanted to, but what were some of the lessons and experiences that the years at Notre Dame taught you that you're taking away from that experience today? Definitely. Yeah. One, one is just being a big team player, you know, do whatever you can for the team. And I, you know, I loved, I loved the guys I ran with at, at Notre Dame. Um, just what, what can I do to help the team be the best that they can be or help my teammates get better as well as them helping me get better. And whether that's, you know, during, during a practice, uh, during a workout, help, help leading or talking with guys, just working together with everybody, you know, just being a teammate. And then eventually your, your older years being a leader within the sport as well. Um, just being somebody that a younger guy can look up to, uh, or, or somebody that you can, you know, you're, you're helping somebody out in in ways you never thought you'd be able to help them out just by being there for them. So, um, yeah, definitely walking away from the sport or walking away from Notre Dame with those, with those lessons and out, kind of outside of running, I guess you could say they're, they're, or life lessons as well, but just, yeah, kind of, you know, working for a, towards a bigger goal than just yourself and really helping, helping others get through as well. And that's, that's kind of what Notre Dame instilled in me and, and taught me over my four years as well. I'd be curious to get your perspective and take on this. I think a lot of kids when they are really accomplished and talented in the sport will only pick a school based on what it can give them from a running perspective. Obviously, with you not going like the full-time running professional route, academics obviously play a big role in that. And Notre Dame is, of course, an undoubtedly incredibly prestigious school. Do you look back on that senior year version of Zach and are grateful that he chose to go to a, a school that was balanced? Very good, obviously, in running. Great history of success there, but also great history of success in academics versus a school that maybe would have only focused on running. Yeah, definitely. No, I think being like well-balanced was, was definitely a, um, something I looked for in a, in a college. I, I definitely wanted to pursue uh, engineering was the degree I ended up choosing, computer engineering in specific. And I know I knew, or I knew at the time Notre Dame had a really good good program. So, yeah, I was kind of looking for a little bit both a solid running program, solid uh, school program, kind of wanted to, to bring it all together. And, yeah, when I when I took that visit um, to campus and, you know, met Coach and met met the guys and saw, saw the campus and everything, I was like, yeah, I want to – I want to come here and I, and I, I don't, I don't regret it at all. So I really enjoyed my, my four years there. It wasn't what I wanted exactly running wise, but uh, when you look back at all the relationships uh, I was able to, to come across and make during my time there, it's, I would, I would do it. I would, I would do it again in a heartbeat. So okay. Definitely so if you could go yeah. back, you wouldn't change the decision. No, no, I definitely, I definitely enjoyed all the relationships I've, I've made throughout my time there. Um, I definitely, I definitely enjoyed it. So yeah, I would, I would go back and do it again. Even, even if I knew, you know, it wouldn't go exactly how I wanted to running wise, um, I would still go back to, 
to have those relationships with all my with all my teammates for sure. You've mentioned Walsh a few times. You ended up going there for your fifth year, if I'm not mistaken. Take me through that year and ultimately kind of closing out your running career in that way, going from D1 to D2 to a little bit of a smaller program. But with that, as you mentioned, a little lower intensity, a little lower mileage, a little less pressure. And that's where the results started to at least be more of what you would have expected and, and had that feel to kind of close out your career on a high note from an NCAA perspective. No, definitely. Yeah. So I, yeah, like you said, went to Walsh my, for my fifth year, kind of got lucky with the COVID year, but I guess a lot of us did. Uh, I never redshirted uh, when I was at Notre Dame. So um, having that extra year of eligibility was, um, I just, I got, I got kind of got lucky with, with COVID. Um, but yeah, going to Walsh, I, I kind of wanted to end, end the running career, you know, back in Ohio, um, run with some, some of the Ohio guys I ran with in high school. I had a lot of good buddies there. Um, Coach Mazzico, uh, really, when I talked to him, he just, you know, really wanted to work with me individually um, and how can I help the team get, get reach the goals that they want to reach as well. And, you know, just everything about Walsh, it was I wanted to go there, have some fun with the sport, help the team out where I could and try to close close the my, my uh, college NCAA running career on a high note. Um, and yeah, that was that was probably one of the best decisions um, I could have made going to Walsh. I just had a lot of, a lot of fun there um, in terms of, you know, being a team player, um, getting to know everybody there, working working with Coach Mazzico, and then on top of that, to top it all off, close off the uh, my running career uh, on some high notes. So, yeah, definitely walking away from uh, college running on a on a on a high note. I'm pretty satisfied with that. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun at Walsh, and they, like you said, Walsh is a little bit of a a smaller school, but um, it's a, it's a blue collar school. I would I would say it doesn't have the the, the biggest facilities or, or the nicest uh, things, but it's got it, it's got guys with grit and guys that are willing to put their heads down and work. So, and so that's all we needed. Take me through graduating from college and your relationship with running and ultimately getting into the marathon. What was that process like? Yeah, so I, I really didn't think I would run a marathon this soon after college, uh, to be honest. I, I, I kind of got inspired from my former teammate at Notre, Notre Dame, uh, Kevin Salvano. Uh, Kevin's been... He's two years older than than I was, but we ran together for uh, three years at, at Notre Dame, and um, he he ran the marathon and he's been killing it. He uh, he's actually run two eleven um, twice now, uh, oh, wow. so he's he's been crushing it. He he debuted in two sixteen, so uh, yeah, he kind of inspired me to to run the marathon. Just seeing him run really well, we've been we've been good buddies um, since since Notre Dame. So yeah, I was I was thinking about it one day, and I was texting him earlier this summer after I graduated and graduated and um he kind of i was just talking with him he's like you know go for the qualifier like you got nothing to lose so that was kind of where i hit the switch I'm like okay yeah I'll, I'll go for it why not trying to join him in uh in florida for the trials in, in february but um uh, so that's yeah that's kind of why I, I decided to run the marathon this this uh past fall uh, just jump into it see what see what i can do and the, the overall goal was to hit that qualifier unfortunately it came up i think it was seven eight seconds short so just missed it but hey i mean I'm, I'm pretty happy with with the debut i think on a on a different day on a faster course and with some more competition i think it's definitely in the cards but we'll just have to wait till next uh, olympic training cycle take me through the columbus marathon you win the race seven seconds short of the time goal but winning your first marathon i mean can you really complain i, I think that's a fantastic performance so take me through that race day and ultimately kind of learning uh the beast that is the marathon yeah, yeah. So I guess going, going, going into the race, um, I knew I would, if if I ran to what I was capable of, I knew I'd be up there. But I, I didn't really think I would win it. Um, there were some pretty big names coming in, 
uh, guys with some pretty good PRs. I think there's a 209 guy uh, who's entered in the race. The previous champion, 216 guy was in there. There's a handful of guys under 218 and, um, you know, trying to get that, that 218 qualifier, I was pretty set on running around 512 to 516 for most of the race, just trying to just trying to get the qualifier so I didn't blow up. Um, yeah, so going in, I uh, Hunter Moore and I and, and Josh Park, uh, who ran for Ohio University, we kind of went in with the mindset, hey, we're going to us three stay together, run together, and try to uh, get the qualifier uh, together. Um, unfortunately, none of us hit the qualifier. Um, but yeah, so going going into the race, it was more of a let's let's stay controlled early. Let's, let's stay within ourselves. Don't get too excited, um, and we'll try to catch guys that, that second half of the race. Um, and that's we, that's what we did too. So yeah, we started off together and kept moving our way up throughout the race. Um, around half halfway through, caught up with a chase pack and kind of rode with them for a while. And then around I would say 16th or 18th, it really started stringing out, and that's when it really started hurting. So. Uh, um, at that point in the race, I think I was sitting second place and then it was kind of a surreal feeling watching, uh, around mile 23, I could kind of spot the leader and then around 24 and a half was able to make the pass and it didn't hit me until a mile to go. It's like, Oh, if I don't die, I can really win <laughs> this thing. Um, so I just was able to hold on, just missed the time just slightly though, unfortunately, but, uh, overall, you know, pretty happy with how how I debuted for sure. How aware of the time were you? Were you aware you were a few seconds behind? Were people yeah. screaming at you? What was that process like? Yeah, so I mean, I actually thought I was on time. I thought I was on pace. Uh, my watch must have been slightly off or slightly above. I must have not been hitting the tangents that well uh, throughout the throughout the course um, because when I I was watching my watch and I was like, okay, I got a mile left. If I if I run around what I was running five five fifteen ish. Um, I, I'll, I'll hit the mark. Um, but then I, I realized, uh, pretty soon that my watch hit for 26, two. And I, I still had about, I think it was about like 150, 200 meters left. Like, oh shoot. Uh, at that point I knew I wasn't going to get it just because I, I, it was a little bit too left in the race to try to kick. So, um, yeah, in my, in my mind, actually with the, with two miles to go, I thought I had it. Um, according to my watch, I, I thought I had it, but I, I wasn't hitting the tangents well enough, I guess. So Courses course was legit, but I just I just didn't run I didn't run the tangents. So that was a little tough seeing the clock say uh, two eighteen O's uh, when I came through just because I thought I had it. Um, but you know, can't change that now. So Zach, we could I feel like deconstruct that performance uh, some more and talk more about your training and history and upbringing and all that fun stuff. But to close out today's conversation for the sake of time, I'll have to get you back on in the future. What are some things you're looking to accomplish next year and the years to come, experiences you're looking to have in the sport, ambitions you're excited to chase yeah. after? Definitely, yeah. Yeah. So within the sport, you know, the goal was trying to get that qualifier. Um, so I'll definitely be back in the marathon some other time just just to try to see how how fast I'm able to go. Um, you know, I'm, I'm debating right now if I try to jump back on the track um, and train for a mile. Um, I had a few buddies saying a sub four attempt would be kind of cool, so I might be looking at that. I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm just gonna have fun with the sport these next few years. You know, while while I, while still young, still can um, see where it takes me. But yeah, right now, just kind of no really races scheduled moving forward. But I know I'll definitely, I'll definitely probably attempt a mile. Maybe this indoor season, I'll definitely get back to the marathon. You know, I don't know. Just kind of having fun with it, and we're, we're, we'll see where it takes us. So. Yeah, that's where I'm at in the moment. That's awesome. That's the Connor Mance style where he does like cool. a 1500, <laughs> runs 339, and then a few months later runs 207 in the marathon. So it's actually cool because someone like him has showed that, you know, you can 
have this crazy range if you train a specific definitely point, which yeah is cool. i don't think i'll go 207 but we'll see we'll see what we can do <laughs> we'll see what we get down to so yeah but definitely definitely we'll try to see what the range can, can be but. zach one final serious question for you for those who have listened to today's conversation or inspired by you and your story what would be the final takeaway message you want to leave with our audience today yeah if i were if i were to to leave with one one lasting thing yeah just just have fun with the sport enjoy it um you know you only get to do it for so long so um well in college you can run after after as well but just yeah take it all in and, and really enjoy what you're doing you know um you get four times to compete for a national championship with your with your team so uh don't take it for granted enjoy it enjoy the journey and just yeah have fun zach the final question i ask every single guest on every single episode if you had gordon ramsay coming to your house for dinner what would you choose to make him yeah no great question obviously i'm a big love the barbecue food um so maybe some i go some ribs Let's go ribs, potatoes, some uh, salad on the side. So yeah, so something along that line would be, would be pretty good. So. I love it. I love yeah. it, man. Well, Zach, it's been an absolute uh, privilege and a pleasure speaking with you. Appreciate it. Uh, seventh grade Dominic would be going nuts. So appreciate you sharing your story and some wisdom on the podcast today. Hey, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. I don't take your time for granted, so I hope that it brought you some wisdom and value that you can apply directly into your running and into your life. If you have not already done so, please consider giving us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And then something all of you guys can do is share today's episode or the podcast in general with a friend or someone who you think will benefit from it. One more note, if you're not already following us on Instagram, consider doing so. My Instagram tag is at the running effect. I hope you're running and life is going well. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy life to listen to today's episode. I will catch you in two days when the next episode drops. Until then, happy running.